Yeah, my son here uh, was making noise beside me too. I'm making noise. That's why I have to keep closing the window because like everyone's just choosing now when I'm recording to start drilling things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you get seagulls and all that I stuff know. going by. Nightmare. Hey everyone, what's up? It's me, your girl Kira. Back at you with another episode, episode five. We have as many episodes as fingers you have on one hand. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good about that. But what I don't feel pretty good about is the fact that it's been pointed out to me how much I say, um, in these intros. And honestly, I'm gonna try not to say it. This episode I actually am really excited about because both of these interviews I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so two parts as per. First part, I'm going to be talking to Kieran Taylor, who is the artistic director of Carpet Theatre Productions. Um, I talked to him about loads of different things, but mainly about Sightless Cinema, which is one of his projects that I would have been most familiar with. I'm not going to spoil too much. We talk in depth about it in the interview. So that's fun. So I hope you enjoyed that one. And then in part two, writer and friend of the pod, Tegan Ford. I thought this I loved this interview. Tegan was a dream to talk to. Tegan writes in Irish. Like, talk about putting us all to shame. But anyways, I'll get back to you when I'm about to interview her. Enjoy my first chat with Kieran Taylor. Talk to you in a minute. You can hear me okay, but Perfect, yeah. yeah. You can hear me, Grant, can't you? Yeah. Grant. So, Kieran, give us a little background about you and your career and how you got started and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I am. Well, I started when I was uh, a kid in primary school. We used to do uh, plays uh, for Fela Skull Drumiacht, um, the uh, Irish language uh, uh, schools festival, um, and we. Um, by secondary, we we won in All Ireland and we won a Sloga gold medal. So I got a, a bit of a uh, a taste for the stage and decided to study theatre in university. And uh, I went to do um, a, a course in theatre and directing in the University of Kent in Canterbury in England. At the time, you couldn't do a full course in Ireland in in theatre, so um, that was four years. I, I came back then and. Uh, started working in, with children's theatre and uh, ran a company for a while and did tours all over the west of Ireland in primary schools and devising and directing. And I was getting into devising at that stage, you know, sort of working with actors and creating uh, pieces together. So um, I then uh, applied and, and got into a call Jacques Lecoq in Paris, uh, which is um, a sort of a physical theatre um school but I mean the main emphasis really is on creation so from the day one everybody works together to create um, new work to devise together yeah. and it's international like the language is French but there are people from maybe like 20 countries at any one time so you really have to um, focus in on the theatrical language you know how you're telling the story uh, mm. through image and movement and so on and and voice and um, without uh, necessarily being able to understand. And we, we made amazing productions where 
you know, you might have five or six different languages being used, people speaking back and over to each other, but it all, it all made sense through the, through the picture. So it was amazing, mm. amazing discipline. Uh, and that was an amazing training. So since then, really, I've been um, creating work, which is devised. So working with actors and musicians often from the start, we start with an idea and um, start improvising and, and re-improvising and gradually structure uh, pieces together and often working site specifically you know so uh, we've worked in fire stations and in uh, Dublin port and Dunleary port and mm. uh, uh, yeah so yeah the emphasis is on working with people to create things and that's and that's sort of uh, my uh, my main focus Cool. So you're artistic director of Carpet Theatre, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's a company I set up uh, myself um, when I came back from France. And uh, so we've created, you know, 20 odd productions. Um, and we've also toured as well. Um, we brought a, a show called uh, Two for Dinner for Two to um, Bulgaria and Romania. Um, uh where uh, we went to a festival there and uh, again that was it was mostly physical there was a very very little dialogue in it but it was about a couple uh, cooking a meal together um, and we and we cooked a meal live on stage we had a working kitchen they uh, <laughs> they baked a cake that was ready at the end and we shared That's it with brilliant. <laughs> yeah yeah it was great fun and um yeah, the the Romanians really loved that they thought it was very like UNESCO you know the the uh, absurdist um, dramatist uh, from Romania you know uh, this couple, you know, like always jarring, you know, never quite communicating, you know, yeah. but it's all done through, they express themselves through their cooking, you know. So, you know, at one point the woman, you know, comes behind your man with a knife you know? <laughs> <laughs> and we see her Brilliant. in her thoughts uh, of what she might like to do, you know, but then it, yeah. she doesn't kill him. So I'd know you from Sightless Cinema would be the main thing I would have known that you've done. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. So tell whoever's listening what sightless cinema is and how it kind of came to be if you don't mind yeah so picking up on the devising team it, it's devised um radio drama or audio theater uh made with uh people who are blind and visually impaired and it began um in 2014 um with the uh, Dunleary Ratdown County Council uh wanted to commission work with uh people with disabilities and um I put together, I thought, well, you know, with blind people, radio drama would be a great, a, a great thing to work yeah. on. So I put together a proposal with a, um, uh, a composer and sound designer, um, Rachel Quinn. And um, then slowly over the year, we started working with the group and the, the concept of sight the cinema evolved and it became um, uh, presentations in cinema. So what we do is we, we devise, we, I, I work with people, they improvise and we gradually come up with stories and scripts and, and then we record them in a professional studio and um, edit them and uh, mix them for surround sound oh, so right. that they can be played in cinemas. So they're like cinema files, but there are no pictures at all. And then we invite an audience in and everyone watch or listens in the dark. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like listening to a radio play collectively. And it's an amazing experience, actually, because it's rare that you, you really sit and concentrate on listening. You know, you're usually doing mm. something else, you're, you know, doing the iron. We're really visually stimulated generally, aren't we? Like, if you're... Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're used to that and that sort of dominates. But when actually people just listen, um, it's, I suppose it's like reading a book. The pictures are in your own head. Yeah, uh, exactly. It becomes a very personal experience. But what I really love about the cinema 
idea is that it's it's also collective. So you're listening with other people, you're you're hearing other people laugh and sigh and mm. at the same time. So you, you you're part of something together, but everybody's experience is also really, really personal, you know. And when yeah. they hear voices, they relate and people say, Oh, oh, that sounded like my grandfather or my uncle or I know I know someone just like that, you know. Mm. So they, they they're not you're not being they're not being given an image that it comes from within them, you know. And actually they will talk visually about the experience. They'll say, Oh, there's that bit when he came in and she saw him and and you know, yeah. because they're, they're like even the one I was listening to last night, he was no, he's moving over in the car and he was like, Oh, there's the gear stick and all you know, like you it kind of paints the picture in your mind really, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's mm. that's been great fun, um, you know, playing with sound effects. And that one, for instance, that was um, a play we did a few years ago with the group in Tala and, um, called The Bag of Chips. And we actually yeah. recorded that in a car, um, uh, in the car park there no outside, outside Rua. Yeah. And so, so it had that really, really realistic feel. And when the guard knocks on the window, you know, you can hear it and he rolls mm. it down. Um, but uh, I'd... We'd, we had a terrible time with airplanes going over, you know, so you have to keep on stopping. Oh, yeah. with it. It's a bit like filming on location, you know. Um, but yeah, it really, it's what's great with doing location stuff, it really gives the actors a sense of reality, you know, um, mm. that rather than working in the studio, but we do that as well. Yeah. How did the participants, because I notice in Rua, it's generally kind of you see the same people coming back how did they get involved with it or did you call out for people yeah we we we, we put a call out yeah so we've um the project moved from Dunleary then to the Dublin city for a couple of years so um uh, and then we moved to uh Tala um probably it's not nearly four years ago now yeah and uh, this mm. would be the the, the f- um the third year anyway of the of the project and so we 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 put a, a call out you know among the blind community it's a collaboration with um the ncbi the national council for the blind okay. of ireland so they help to recruit and you know they and help with access and things like that as well but we've over the years of the project you know um six six different projects with, with sort of new people involved we uh, what we've done then is sort of kept people on board through what we call white cane audio theater so the performance group is called white cane audio theater and they perform okay. the sight of cinema events um and so so we now have a nucleus of about 25 or 30 people uh that and they you know they come and go a little bit but yeah. but um you know so we, we we work consistently with it with um uh, a number of people over a number of years because once once people get involved they really love it you know they start off they yeah. clue what it's going to be uh, how is it all going to be put together and then just gradually but it takes time you know each project you know um when people start uh new like we i do maybe up to 20 workshops, 25 workshops to, to get the stories out and, and develop things. And then we would put together a program of about an hour um, and record that. But that, you know, that takes, that's a, there's a lot of work involved in that. But it, it means that, um, you know, we create something that's very, very well produced and um, that people can really be proud of. And then we, you know, we have a public event. And so in a way that, part of one of the aims is sort of social inclusion so it's about people contributing to the cultural life um, and yeah. the city and the county and um, that that's what really happens with it you know. Mm. You mentioned before it's like a it's improv generally so like would they get kind of like a prompt like an idea of what the story is and then they just roll with that? Yeah yeah and often it's it comes from real life experience so somebody mm. uh Again, just as an example, going back to that the one we were talking about, the bag of chips, the guy in the car, and um, 
it's a blind man. He he had um, a car from France, so the wheel was on the wrong side. And uh, a guard came along to ask him to sort of move along, and he rolled down the window, assuming that he was the driver because he was on the driver's side. But actually, he was blind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he, t- he told the guard, and then rolled up the window and drove off. And and he just realised that the guard had realised that, uh, that something was wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's what inspired the story where. Um, this guy, he's been, his wife has gone into the chipper to get the chips, but he changes into her driving seat to try and fix yeah. it for her and it's damaged. And then the guard comes along, but he can't see that it's a guard, so he's really cheeky with this guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's and like, like, oh, you're a guard? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, yeah, excuse me, sir. You know, and he goes, oh, yeah. you're a guard. <laughs> You'll have to move along, you know. It's actually uh, brilliant, though. It's it's like I've never heard of anything like that before. I think it's yeah, quite yeah, unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of the idea is to um, uh, give a blind perspective. So, you know, a lot of the plays are about stories. There's another one where, um, you know, a blind man, um, and again, it, based on a, a true story, one of the one of the guys in the group um, was going home and a guard told him to stop because there was a, had been a bank robbery, you know, and uh, near his house. But then we just imagined, oh, what if he actually came across the, and they, they found the money up the laneway, you know, <laughs> uh, in, re, in reality. And we always feel like, oh, what if he actually if he found the money first and brought it home. You know, <laughs> uh, so he created the story where the blind man picks up the money, stuffs his pockets, but doesn't realize, of course, that it's covered in the, you know, the security ink, you know, when he opens the box, you know. <laughs> That's brilliant. So he's caught red-handed and then he has to go to the guard to confess, you know, and uh, <laughs> so on. But uh, so, so there, are, there are stories that come from uh, people's experience and their blindness, but then there are things where, which, which are, you know, nothing to do with that at all, you know. Mm. Um, like one of, uh, you know, set on a ferry where these two guys are going over to a funeral and they're hoping to inherit from a, a maiden aunt, you know, and then they realise that they're on the ferry with her um, secret daughter that she never told them about and then they realise she's going to inherit all the money and and they end up, you know, she ends up puking <laughs> in the car. And, and <laughs> chatting, chatting about her and she's right there probably. Right there, yeah. And then, you know, they realise they're both going to the same funeral and she ends up in yeah. the car throws up all over them, you know, to oh, serve them. Oh, God. Up. Brilliant. But, uh, and, and in that way, like, again, on radio and for, for the people involved, you know, they, they you can play anybody, you know, so you can play older, you know, older or younger or, you know, mm. fatter or inner or blind or not blind, you know. So um, they, they're, not, they're, not, they're not caught in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an image. Um, so yeah, that's true of, as well, actually. There's less, like, limitations to the, like, type of acting you can do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, you know, you can have it anywhere. It can happen all inside someone's head or in the submarine under the sea or uh, yeah. um, uh, wherever it might be. You know, so and and some of some of the and we experiment a bit. You know, some sometimes they're more sort of psychological, so they'd be you know voices in people's head. You know, when they're, when they're um, like there was one about the banking crisis, like somebody who's had one of these tracker mortgages and and lost it and lost his house and he's going back to the bank you know and they're offering the compensation so you know again topical sort of thing yeah and and uh it's mostly it's the voices in his head about all the you know it's his marriage is broken up and all the people coming looking knocking on his door looking for money and all that stuff and so you can do that you know with radio as well it's really it's really flexible you know and so we have we have great fun um great fun you know coming up with ideas and yeah that's brilliant I'd imagine because obviously you said it's been it's been going on for a good few years now 
that you kind of get into probably like a rhythm with it. And now this whole pandemic has probably just ruined your whole kind of system going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we were we were evolving things. We were starting to evolve things in the past couple of years, as I say, sort of keeping people on board and and sort of more extending the group. Um, uh, and um, also had a second group going. And and now I I just piloted um, a group in Navin in Mead. Um, uh, again, which was meant to be person to person when the Solstice Arts Centre there, but. Um, because of the pandemic, we did it online and, uh, you know, the Meath County Council came in behind us there, which is great. And we're, we're planning now to do it in person. But um, that was the first time I'd started a group like that. But it was based on the, the current group. We, we kept on working online. We said, somebody said, oh, we can do this on Zoom. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, and realised that you can record and so on. So, um so we have been, um, we've had, you know, uh, twice a week workshops, you know, um, and have put together uh, a whole series. Again, what we did is, because there were, um, everyone involved had been through the whole process of a slightly cinema year, you know, of, of yeah. coming in with no experience and gradually figuring out how it's done and finding their voice and so on. Um, uh, and and, and the, we sort of blended a number of groups so that, you know, people knew each other. Uh, it actually functioned really well. So we might have like 15 people online, but they were improvising and so on. And it, a lot of ringing in on their telephones because, you know, they can't work with computers, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we created a story that that took that aesthetic. So, you know, it sounds like it's their phone calls. So it was, it was, we, we created this idea that uh, this this woman, uh, Dolores, is is, uh, is cocooning and she's trying to get her shopping delivered and she's ringing su- Super Value and then the, the community hub. So this, again, based on real experience yeah. where, where somebody rang um, and we're told, no, they, they used to get to deliver shopping delivered by the supermarket but they weren't doing that anymore you had to ring the council uh, who were organizing things and then the council put them on to the GAA but it was somebody in Dublin who was sent to the GAA in Offaly you know yeah uh, <laughs> eventually figured it out but in our story they don't figure it out so it ends up this guy comes on a Honda 50 from Tullamore with this woman <laughs> shopping like five days late and she throws the bread back at him because it's uh, stale you know and others and it's just a hilarity you know but um we used the fact that it was, um, you know, done on Zoom with, on a conference call um, as part of the aesthetic, you know, mm. and actually it's very fun. So, th- so that, that's a series now. We've just started releasing it online. Um, it's called uh, Sightless Cinema Presents the COVID Tapes, a Cocooner's Comedy in Five Parts. Uh, and um, because we're, you know, this all, every, every year for the past five years, we've had a Sightless Cinema event in the cinema, you know, in Tala, but also we've used um, the Lighthouse in, in, in Centre of Dublin as well, um, in Surround Sound, and that's just not going to be possible this year. So yeah. uh, we, but we, what we're doing is these episodes, we're premiering them on YouTube every week. So at 8pm um, on Thursdays um, until the uh, 13th of August, I think. Um, and then they'll be available as a podcast afterwards. But just to try and create a sort of a, mem- a momentum and a sense of, and so people can gather and listen live online and share comments and that. And so we actually had a Zoom meeting with the group to listen together um, mm. last night uh, and have a drink uh, uh, to, to celebrate. And it was great fun because it's actually, it's great to, um, again, collectively listen and get that experience. Yeah, of, exactly. Because like you all yeah, have how, that how as people much. are reacting and 
so on, you know. So I recommend that to people, actually, if they want to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> friends and listen to the premieres. <laughs> people have started doing those Netflix parties, you know, where you join a thing yeah, and you yeah, watch yeah. something or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Yeah, so, so that's on your YouTube channel then. So Sightless yeah, Cinema. Yeah, on Sightless channel. Cinema YouTube channel and um, the premieres. And once once they've been premiered, they're immediately available afterwards. So you'd be able to you can be able to listen to them. And we publicize it on Facebook as well. There's a, there's a Sightless Cinema Facebook page too, so people can watch out for that. Great. And as I say, hopefully we'll be podcasting and we're also preparing a podcast which is uh, like a retrospective looking back at um the, so we've got a that big back catalogue now of five years of stuff. So we we'll we'll putting together interviews and those plays uh, hopefully to go out on, on, on podcasts and maybe local radio as well um, over the next year or so. Brilliant. That's good because it's come at the right time. Like podcasts are kind of taken off and that's. Well, this is what I realized. Yeah. But a lot of people, they don't really listen to broadcast radio and TV. It's all it's streaming podcasts, and, yeah. and podcasts and, and uh, you know, um, uh, players and Netflix and all that. Mm. Um, I, I just listen to whatever's on, but uh, you know, I th- think um, this, it's it's the way of the moment. So it's it's great, you know. It means that it, something it c- can continue to have a life, you know. I mean, in the in the theatre, I, lo- I love the live events, you know. That's what I really um, yeah. That's what I like to work on. But we've been forced, sort of, to to um, to to do it this way with the the online stuff, and and you know, there are boons to that as well. So in a way, we we'll probably keep on working with them. Um, those two tracks um yeah you know putting stuff out in podcast as well as um doing the doing the communal listening events and, and actually they have a longer time. lifespan as well do you know you can yeah, listen whenever you yeah well i mean that is the great thing is like you have you can keep on you can keep on using them you know and keep on mm. spreading them around um but uh, actually this year we did have a a project which was again to do you know the group were interested in more live acting so actually to explain, yeah, inside the cinema events, we have recordings in surround sound, but then we always do one live play, like the old-fashioned live radio. Oh, Travis. brilliant. Yeah, they're in front of you. You can see them, the microphones are on, and we use the sound in the cinema. And, you know, live Foley, you know, like the old um, the old soap operas on radio, you know, yeah. uh, you know, opening zips and banging papers and things. Um, so you, you get a feel of how... how uh, how it's how it's all put together and you get to see the people perform so that's always that's always great fun so people really enjoy that so we i they wanted to put together something longer so we came up with this idea it's a show called uh, in the dark which we started making and then of course everything hit um and uh, we were we got a, an award from the Abbey Theatre, their five by five program, to go in and develop the piece uh, in the Peacock Theatre, and we were just about to do that when. Oh um, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that that didn't happen. However, we have still developed the work, you know, a bit, and we're we're hoping again. It was meant to perform in, um, or is meant to perform in in Rue in October, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see how that works out. So it, it may yeah. end up. Uh, hopefully we'll get to do something that's sort of live and you know maybe it has to be socially distant and but um, uh, a bit more than we had expected but the idea was to create an immersive sound experience and i've done i've done a play with like this before and um, like a play in the dark i call it um where uh the audience uh the sound sort of happens all around them you know and, uh, right. and like they're immersed in it together and um, I, I 
created a play called The Flood. It was actually on in the Civic and Tal as well um, a number of years uh, back. And, uh, you know, we had smells as well. People, someone would make coffee, you know, you'd hear them making coffee. Yeah. People were blindfolded and then you'd smell it and we'd, we'd have somebody going around with <laughs> putting coffee under people's noses. They go, they'd hear the coffee being made and then suddenly they get the smell. And, and Is there like 5D? Do you know the way they have that? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the idea. It's like really um, analog 5D, you know. So, it, you know. Like every great, sense right? except sight, nearly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you take away the site. And again, you know, people were totally enthralled. Like they wouldn't leave the theatre for about half an hour. We brought this on tour right. around the country. Because they, they were almost like in a trance and it took them a long time to come out of it. And yeah. they start chatting with each other and they everyone wanted to stay and chat. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, a lot of it was uh, it was about an old sailor, you know, and he has a leak in his house and he's, he's mopping up. Uh, but then he's imagining when he was out sailing at sea. So, you know, a storm would come up and and we'd, we'd be uh, have a, you know, a big sheet of cardboard and the uh, blown wind in people's faces and then a bit of mm. spray, you know, in the air. So <laughs> spray in yeah. their faces. So, suddenly, so it, was that, it was that 5D experience, as you say, but uh, just like immersed in sound and... and yeah. um, And... Uh, smell and sensations you can so nearly we, do like a festival like that sorry interrupting you yeah go ahead <laughs> no you can nearly imagine like a festival nearly like that would be really cool yeah 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 and I mean um like immersive sound is becoming a big thing now you know um mm. there have been some people experimenting with it and uh you know what often happens is that the audience are wearing headphones but I, I like the idea of of because that closes you off and makes it a bit more even you know um isolating you know, or yeah kind yeah of. and you're more you're more isolated in your own world but it but uh, it's you know what we we sort of try to create that experience so we literally had you know you know 10 or 12 different speakers in different places so we could really isolate where the sound was coming from so yeah. you feel like stuff is moving around and 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 then there's the live sound you're hearing the live sound as well and then mm. it's been amplified so you can play around with that um, so uh, oh yeah i mean i think it's it's something that i really want to keep doing so we so again we were going to do that with 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 the blind group um that's the plan you know yeah and the stories are more are, are about you know their own personal experience their per experience of blindness you know and and sort of key moments in in their lives you know when they realize um you know one guy uh, you might mind me saying uh you know uh he, he was going blind and sort of not letting people know when he ended up on the edge of a cliff one day <laughs> oh my god <laughs> The story came out, you know. Anyway, so I have further. something to confess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, um, yeah. So uh, ho hopefully that that'll come off in the autumn or um, yeah, uh, if, if if things continue to improve. Hopefully, yeah. Fingers crossed. And that's just like one of the projects you're working on now. Would that be the main one you're? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, um, we'll yes. I, I mean, I suppose we. That, that that might be the focus for the autumn, but uh, we'll probably then, I mean, hopefully we'll have like a full site of cinema event in a, in a cinema next year, you know, mm. uh, uh, but it will all depend on how things pan out. But if not, we, you know, we'll probably keep sort of recording online and we'll also yeah. edit online. So I, I've been working all week with um, Jerry Horan, the, uh, uh, from the contact studio there in Rua, you know, editing the, um, your eyes are probably going square, are they? Looking at the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, literally on Zoom for forty hours, you know, and and listening oh as well. God, really. Yeah, but it just means that you know, in a way, it's sort of handy, you know. Um, 
but it uh, it just means that you know you can you can do it without having to sort of uh, do all the protocols, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, but hopefully we'll get to be. Uh, in the same room again soon. Yeah, um, no, that's brilliant that you've been able to kind of it hasn't because there's so many things that just haven't been able to happen. But it's brilliant. Yeah, and theatre, you know, theatre is a, is a, is a big casualty, you know, and mm, because exactly. you know, it mu- you must bring people together. You have to be together. It's to part make of it, it, like, and to yeah, to make it and to do it. So, like, theatres are having a nightmare, and they can't plan. You know, you can't just suddenly put on a, a production, you know, you have to plan. It takes mm. you know six weeks to put it together uh, and to program, you know, you know, they're, they're usually programmed, they might be programmed a year in advance um, or more. So yeah. that's just, what even Michael was saying. He was like, there's, you plan something and a week later, it's just completely different. Like, yeah, yeah. And then the goalposts keep shifting, you know, and yeah. you don't know when the goalposts are going to shift again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, now people are sort of, working on saying, well, what are the ways that we can do it? You know, do we do outdoor shows or shows with one actor or, you know, even two actors that are a couple, you know, who live together, but, yeah. you know, they, they, um, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, tough it's, one, isn't it? it's a really tough one. Yeah. And I, I actually, I, I, I got a, an, a, an award from the arts council to do a show. Like I proposed, which was, it was a zoom call. It was like an actor, it's called uh, Theatre Online presents online theatre, or the other way around. Online theatre presents an evening of online of theatre online. Oh, I, I did. I saw that actually. Someone advertised. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So we were just playing with that idea of you know, and people are doing you know doing theatre in that in that way. They're trying to do live um, mm. performances, but you know, uh, essentially that's not theatre. You know, if you're not there, it's not theatre. No, like you <laughs> say, it's the liveness of it all. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the key thing. We need to be able to sort of hear each other and smell each other and see mm. each other and, and feel feel. It's because it's you know the thing about theatre is, um, you know, if you watch videos of theatre, you know, it's just it's just not there. They're it's not, not the they're same, not yeah. interesting you know, because there's something in the room. There's a there's a there's a magic. There's a tension. You know, of people yeah. being together. That that that's what that's what it's all about. You know, mm. and, and that's what. The, the script and the actors and and the sound and everything everything is working towards that creating yeah. that that tension the uh, intimacy the, and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah that that thing where, where you're connected to the stage you're yeah. part of the performance because it, by your by your um, the energy that you're giving back mm. and so that piece that I did online you know played with that it's like an actor is earnestly trying to make a theater experience yeah, for the people yeah. on the end of the camera and he just can't do it it keeps breaking down you know. <laughs> And he goes, look, look, whatever. I just please come back to the theaters when we, when we when we can, you know. Yeah, hopefully it won't be long now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it, as I say, it'll take a while to crank up and and um, and. Uh, but look, we, yeah, look, we what, what we do is you know, showbiz. We find a way around things. We find the show a way must to go on. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Then thanks, Mill. And what um so. Just tell me again when people can watch the Sightless Cinema on YouTube. It's yeah, every Thursday, so, is it? Yeah, it's Thursdays um, at eight o'clock. Uh, it started uh, the 16th of July, so it'll go on to the 13th of August. And so they're, they're available. You know, if you tune in at eight o'clock, you get to you see the countdown and you can you can yeah. hear them for the first time, you know, Sophia. Um, and that's great. And it, People can leave comments. That'd be great. And tell us what they think. Um, but then 
at the same address, at the same link on the on the Silent Cinema YouTube channel, the, the episodes will, will remain available so people can go and, and find right. them and listen back to them and um, uh, listen to them at their leisure. So, uh, oh. yeah. So uh, watch out for those. It's uh, Silent Cinema, the COVID tapes, the Cocooners comedy in five parts. Fabulous. And then the other show, as I said, the, the live immersive audio show, hopefully that will, will come off uh, in the autumn or sometime after that, um, is, will be called In the Dark. Brilliant. Listen, Kieran, thanks a million. How do you put it together? What do you, where do you put it out? Or? Yeah, so what happens is I obviously can't go into the Right, so that's that. Hope you've enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that little interview. Um, thanks so much to Kieran for talking to me. This next bit is with writer and friend of the pod, Tegan Ford. As I said briefly beforehand, I loved talking to Tegan because she is a writer and she writes Oskwelga. Scarlet for all of us that do be like, I'm going to go down letters. Do you know what I mean? Image of me. Um, and I talk about it more with Tegan, but she has recently started up her very own arts and culture blog, Oskwelga. So that's called Show It. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yes, had a great chat with Tegan. And for the first time ever on this pod, we had someone read out their work, which was unreal. It's not Oskwelga, so I was able to understand how good it was. Um... So yeah, so, so excited. Hope you enjoy. Cool. So, how are you? I'm good, good. How are you? Good, not a bother. Um, I'm just going to jump straight into it, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, go ahead. So, I just wanted to ask you when you started writing, just a bit of a background. Um, so, I remember writing my first story. It's so vivid to me now, like just looking back on it. Uh, I was about 11 years old and i just gone to see uh, the first Percy Jackson film with my uh, best friend. So uh, that was my first encounter with like Greek mythology and things like that. And I was just completely obsessed with it from the get-go. Uh, so I ru- rushed home from the cinema. <laughs> Runs uh, home. Loaded, <laughs> yeah, loaded up the family computer and started writing quite possibly the worst thing I've written today it was <laughs> it was a melange of Greek Roman Celtic mythologies kind of set in the modern world and geez it was just awful <laughs> but um but look it's not all that bad I suppose because once you I still have back it the ma- I still have it yeah oh but, my um, god once I stripped back the the main ideas I was left with kind of a half decent bare bones of a novel to potentially pursue in the future but I suppose I'll always have that memory of the the initial story that was so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And have you literally been writing since then? Yeah, um, I suppose I took a kind of pause around the leaving cert because you're just, your whole life's consumed by uh, study and stuff around that time. But um, yeah, I kind of started up again about a year ago. Yeah, and things have been going, going good since then. Yeah, because you didn't initially do that in college. You've done com- something completely different. What was it you've done again? Yeah, so I studied health and performance science, which is basically 
sports science, which is completely different, not even related at all. But um, yeah, I tried to keep in with the arts with my electives and things like that. So mm. um, I was still kind of in the loop with the arts world and things like that. And what made you like decide then that you wanted to pursue the writing? Uh, so writing is, and I suppose it always will be my dream thing to do. And I just, I wasn't prepared to kind of let it go without giving it a shot. Even if it didn't pan out, at least I could say I tried. Um, but other than that, I, I just can't imagine myself doing anything else. Yeah. Um, so as, as I said, I studied sports science in college but I just felt like a bit of an imposter there, like during my three years there. And yeah, I just felt like I was pretending to be one I'm not. But um, yeah, I enjoyed the learning, but my heart just just wasn't, wasn't really in it. in it, to be honest. And I knew I could never love or kind of be happy in that industry. So yeah, I just decided to try and move into writing and things are going well, thank God, so far. Yeah, I think it's kind of when you leave college, you're a bit like, oh my God, what I actually have to like get a job now <laughs> that probably makes you go oh god I'm in the wrong thing exactly yeah like because yeah you don't really get a perspective on things until you graduate and you're trying to find a job and you're looking for a steady job but that kind of implies I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and then you're <laughs> kind of thinking do I want to do this for the an rest early of my life? like midlife crisis <laughs> like yeah like I, I yeah I had had a big one and then I kind of changed my mind but you know there's nothing wrong with that either like yeah. do what you love doesn't matter how long it takes to get there just go for it mm. so what's your writing process how do you like think of things how do you start writing what way does it work for you um so I suppose like all kind of artists my process starts out with a search for inspiration and um, so personally, I'm massively inspired by music and subcultures like the traditional skinhead movement, Northern Soul, mods, punks, all kind of um, subcultures like that. And I think that that's quite, quite noticeable in my English writing specifically. Um, uh, also, David Bowie in particular has been a massive inspiration for me. He's taught me to go wherever the pen takes me, no matter how weird or how wonderful it turns out. And I think that that's a really important thing for writers or artists of any kind. You know, you should you should never restrain yourself creatively because when you do your work kind of, it loses its authenticity and its kind of honesty yeah. and it kind of ceases to be art anymore, you know? And and with regards to my writing process in Irish, it's pretty similar with the only difference kind of being that I tend to focus more on Irish-centric themes rather than kind of music and subcultures. But I still kind of find a lot of my inspiration uh, in Irish music. So musicians like The Gloaming or Ye Vagabonds or um, Colin Mokanumra as well. He's really inspired a lot of works that I've done. Um, but other than inspiration, I suppose, in terms of the actual writing, a lot of the time I tend to start off with maybe a single line or an image, which could be the beginning, the middle or the end of the story. Mm. And from there, I fill in the gaps with more lines and images, which often don't fully connect to one another until the final drafts. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really fractured way of writing. But 
I don't know, it just works for me. So I kind of just let it be and kind of go with it. Yeah. It's the same with songwriting. Like when I'm writing a song, it could be just like one image or one like line you hear that you're like, right, I'm going to write a song around that. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's, it's amazing the direction it takes sometimes because... Mm. The last story I wrote, it, I had such a distinct idea of the way it was going to go, but it completely changed by the end of it. You, like characters that were meant to be like good and it turned out to be bad. And yeah, yeah. It, you just you surprise yourself sometimes with the creative process. It's, it's nice sometimes. And sometimes when you're reading something, like you're thinking, did they know this was coming the whole time? <laughs> like, yeah, it's such yeah. a shock to you reading it. So you're like, I always want to know, like, when do you decide when something's going to happen? probably like as much of a surprise for you maybe as it is for the exactly yeah it's like you've been like betrayed by the characters that <laughs> yeah. have come out of your How own mind you? <laughs> yeah amazing exactly. so you mentioned you write in Irish as well which I wanted to talk about I think um like do you find it harder writing in Irish because it's such a niche thing yeah exactly um I love, I just absolutely love writing Oscalga because it's just such an amazing idiosyncratic language with just the perfect blend of um, artistic and humorous idioms. Um, but yeah, I find writing in Irish is a huge learning experience for me yeah. um, because I have to invest so much time in expanding and enriching the vocabulary. And that's something that I really, really enjoy. And um, there's some fantastic websites online. Uh, the one I love to use is called Chonglin. And um, it's like an online dictionary, but it's like, it's got a group of really old Irish dictionaries on it. And the just the richness of the language in it, like the idioms and stuff like that are just gorgeous. So I always go to that when I'm writing, yeah. looking for um, creative ways to express uh, things in my writing. And yeah, it's it's just my go-to. It's like brilliant. And uh, I learned so much from it. So Yeah, and it's completely different that. probably writing in it than speaking it. Like you can be fluent, but like exactly. you say, you have to come up with all these different like vocabulary and all that kind of thing. That's mad. Exactly. But um, what else was I going to say to you? Oh yeah, do you think it like opens up more opportunities for you having the Irish... Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Irish, it's like specifically in the kind of, um, it's really like up and coming at the minute um, with uh, creative writing and things like that. There's a lot of poets um, coming out who are writing and there's like a big massive resurgence. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely open doors. I think I've had more of a response to my Irish writing than I have to my English writing. You've had a few published and everything, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been very, very uh, lucky. I um, I got one piece of flash fiction called Queen in the Fawn Loiga that was published in the Channel magazine. And then I had Bannocks and Glassville Varta, which was published. Um, where was that published? That was published in Splunk, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Getting lost. And yeah, I was really lucky that... Uh, I got an in, I got to interview or I got an interview about Bannockton Glossville Varta uh, on Uncunia Dawn with Radio Nagel talk to they were super nice and let me come on and read it and everything which is it was really daunting experience but it was it was lovely yeah yeah and especially because of COVID now stuff that 
like because you like you say you only started out all these things you're having to do like yeah. online or through what's that like are you finding yeah, it all right um, yeah no I'm really enjoying it I, <laughs> I'm a bit of an introvert to be honest now so I'm not too bothered by the fact that I can't go out and do things but um yeah I'm grand with just sharing things online and stuff yeah. like that. it's yeah, probably it not as me. not as difficult with the writing I suppose because it's not like yeah or anything you know exactly yeah it's it's a very easy um medium to kind of get out there you you can publish anywhere you want online it's it's very easy uh where I suppose the writers aren't as affected as other artists like musicians and things like mm. that who kind of thrive off their live music and stuff there was the court writers delegate thing though wasn't there that you didn't get to oh yeah yeah, I was raging about that because we were going for four days to Galway and we get we were going to attend all of these fantastic literary events by just brilliant Irish authors like Kevin Barry, Emer McBride and Elaine Feeney and we just we missed out on it but we, we still got um we still got to attend the events virtually but it's not the same because we were oh. meant to you know, go for pints, you know, meet up in Salt Hill. What about like the pints? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I was going to ask you as well about the uh, Rider Centre because yeah. that was something that I was actually talking to Laura, the last girl I interviewed. We were talking about it and I just wanted to get, because like riding is such like an isolated, I'd imagine, kind of outlet. And yeah. to then go somewhere where you're in a group and you have the opportunity to like read out loud. What was that like as you so, say an introvert? Yeah, so the first time I went to the Irish Writer Centre, um, I attended a Saturday session for their resident writing group, uh, the Ink Slingers. And it sounds so ridiculous now, but walking through the doors of the centre for the first time was one of the most daunting experiences ever. But it really, it really needn't have been because everyone was just so lovely and so friendly. Um, and yeah, I suppose for anyone in the Dublin area looking to, to share their work in a judgment-free environment, the Ink Singers are absolutely the group for you. Um, because I felt nothing but encouraged during my time with them. And being a part of the group has honestly given me so much confidence to share my own work. And yeah. It's, yeah. They're, they're just such a, a lovely group of writers and it's not just uh, we don't just meet up and read things like we we meet up afterwards and we like go for coffee and just chat for like hours and it's just lovely hmm no it's unreal because I remember my mom when she was writing I was telling you this before that she was like oh I don't know if I could go like what if they're all like yeah you know so much better than me but it, it generally is kind of normal people that go to these things exactly yeah there's there's nobody with an ego there which was something I was worried about and I was I was worried that I would feel completely out of my depth because I'm I'm pretty new to writing still like I haven't got a lot out there yet but it's absolutely like not like that at all like there's some people who are serious about writing there's people who do it as a pastime there's just a, a brilliant mix like and you fit in anywhere and that you fit in with everybody yeah that's unreal so tell me about showed is that how you pronounce it yeah showed showed i was um, so excited when jordan was like she's doing a vlog i was like yes <laughs> i know yeah i kind of just 
it came to me one morning and I was like yeah I'm doing it I'm doing it yeah. like snap decision um but yeah shows is a new Irish language blog that I'll be launching on Monday the 27th of July so that's next Monday and it's a blog for all things arts and culture with the main goal of discussing and engaging with music film and literature through Irish uh so it'll be packed with um album and book reviews along with tv and gig recommendations and even maybe a little bit of creative writing for me as well yes. possibly yes. <laughs> no yeah. that's so cool and especially like I don't I've never heard of anything like that in Irish like Oscarga you know yeah that's the thing because I was I was thinking that as well and to be honest it's even if it doesn't gain much traction it's it's just a labor of love for me because when I find like an album, I'm sure you're the same as well. When you find an album or a book that you just, you love, you just become consumed by it. And I love writing about like things that I love. So I'm just going to keep reviewing things regardless. Do you know but. what it was? I was actually only saying this yesterday because I've started doing the podcast and the book reviews yeah. and stuff again. And I think it's because there's such kind of, it's the same with music, there's such like isolated kind of experiences. And you, like you say, you get so, oh God, get real. <laughs> you get so um, like invested and like obsessed with them, but you're doing it on your own. So there's no one to really kind of, like with a TV show, you'll be watching it with someone and you'll be like, oh, yeah. hey, you talk about it. But I think with like books, podcasts, music, it's more of a like individual thing. So at least this is a kind of way to like, talk about it and get all excited and hopefully someone else is like me too (laughs) yeah exactly because for a long time I hadn't read anything and I was just living off like reading other people's recommendations or their reviews Mm. um so yeah I think they're they're massively popular with people now and yeah I just I want to share all the amazing pieces of art that I've come across with with everybody so that's my kind of main my main goal with the blog be unreal um you have a twitter and a uh instagram account don't you yeah yeah so, so we're on in. In, yeah we're on instagram at showed.blog so that's s-e-o-i-d dot b-l-a-g so blog the irish blog blag <laughs> and then uh we're on twitter at showed underscore blog so that's s-e-o-i-d underscore b-l-a-g unreal and did you did you want to do a reading you don't have to or you can if you want um yeah I can read for you if you want yeah I was like yes no one's ever like done anything like this before on the pod okay okay okay, so I'm going to read an excerpt from a short story I wrote called blind faith so uh it's a story about a girl from Derry uh, she's living during the troubles and she basically finds solace in northern soul music so it's basically just a story about kind of finding unity in music and coming together okay so blind faith Billy stood on the balls of her feet on the curb that had once been painted loyal shades of blue white and red the remnants which had peeled into semi-existence long ago now crunched beneath her bottle green boots as she gazed up at the mural above the doorway of the Northern Faith Soul Club. 
This mural wasn't like any other in Derry. It didn't take sides. No red, white and blue, or no green, white and orange, just black and white. It was a fist of solidarity, not a red right hand. Keep the faith, it said, because in a world of pipe bombs and tear gas, only hope will keep you sane. Billy directed her gaze downwards and settled on the door frame. If there had ever been a trace of magic in all of Northern Ireland, then every single droplet of it had watered the tree from which this door frame had been lovingly crafted. It had a certain way of taking all your troubles away as soon as you walked underneath it. No one cared anymore whether you served neither King nor Kaiser, or whether you believed that the bread and wine were purely symbolic or not. No one asked if you were from the bog side or the water side, because that didn't matter either. You were keeping the faith and here for the music, and that's all all anyone needed to know. Billy spied a gap on the busy pathway and ducked between two school children, dodging the scattered broken glass as she went. The reinforced shutters of the club had been pried open once again and the main door had been tattooed with spray paint. Billy placed her key in the lock and jiggled it violently until she heard a click. As she passed underneath the door frame, she could feel the leaden veil of anger, grief and fear blow down her long dark hair and drift away in the biting wind. Now she was just Billy Brady, sole selector extraordinaire, not Billy the Catholic with the Protestant father. She breathed a sigh of relief and laughed up the old familiar feeling. It was like coming home, only better. Billy took her Baker Boy hat off and soul shuffled across the freshly polished parquet dance floor, humming tainted love to herself as she went. Her bell-bottom denims brushed the oak wood floor and swept the smell of northern soul up around her in a whirlwind. The thick scent wrapped around her like a warm blanket and sent memories of Friday night flown free. The smoothness of the vinyl's edges, delicate fingertips guiding the needle to the beginning of something special, the blur of bowling shoes on shining oak, the hypnotising twirl of flares spinning across the room, the crescendo of soft bows sliding over pulsating strings that put your feet in exactly the right place at the right time, the sweet smell of Lamont infused with the sharpness of brute, the quenching taste of jet black stout fresh from St. James's Gate and the voice of Chuck Wood breathing soul into this little corner of Derry. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That was fun. Thanks Thank so you. much. Will we, uh, will we wrap it up here? So there you go, Shinee. Thank you so much to my guests, Kieran and Tegan, um, for making this ep really, really good, in, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Um, and thank you for listening. Um, I know I've said this before, but if you're not already following us on the Insta, do that. Um, we are at arts underscore insight on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are arts insight one. So yeah, do all that, follow us. We do be tweeting, we do be doing all the bits. And stay, keep your eyes peeled, lads, because all I'll say is you're going to be seeing a lot more of me a lot sooner than you would have expected. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all coping and quar. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Arts Insight is recorded, edited and produced by Jerry Horn of Contact Studio. Contact Studio is a South Dublin County Arts Office initiative.